Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith. And this week I'm learning how to cook like the Greek Cypriot author of Arexi, Theo Michaels. He tells me what he's preparing for my lunch got a really beautiful sea bass uh, stuffed with some fresh herbs, a little mixture of herbs wrapped in vine leaves. Um, you can do it on the, it's traditionally it's a barbecue dish, but it works great on the frying pan or griddle. And then we just got an, an accompaniment of that of some really beautiful smelling uh, heirloom tomatoes with a lovely pomegranate white balsamic type dressing. Gorgeous. Now, now I'm very pleased stuff. that you've chosen this one because this was my favourite recipe in the book. Oh, get out So of it's it. in the fire section. Yes, And it is we eat section. sea bass probably more than anything else. One of the most more sustainable fish. Yep. And I've never done sea bass in vine leaves. So I was looking at this last night and thinking I'm going to do this. So There you go. I am chuffed to bits. We are connected here, Jenny. I'm really connected. I love this. <laughs> so you're chopping up the herbs. Now, yeah, what are you so doing? We've, we've got a mixture of herbs. And, and I think with most um, most Greek food as well, especially well, my style of Greek food, I don't like to get overly contrived or precious about it's got to be this and it's got to be that. Grab a bunch of fresh herbs, um, whatever you've got lurking around in the fridge. And so for this, we've got some coriander, we've got some parsley, we've got a bit of fresh dill as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the There might even be a couple of leaves of basil that got dropped into there. And you're just chopping the whole lot up. And we're going to mix that with a little bit of crushed uh, garlic, probably like half a clove crushed garlic. Some really good quality extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. And is this Greek olive oil? Yeah, so this is Cypriot. Um, so I, I this got shipped in, actually. So it's... Um, A loads uh, olive oil, so it's extra virgin olive oil from Cyprus. The re- family rum uh, business, really great ethics as well. They're really into charity, mm-hmm. and you know, I practice what I preach. They I, they sent me a bottle of it. I tried it. I was like, that's really good. Right. And so I've just been cooking with it, and it's it's can you, lovely. Can you buy it here? Yes, you can actually. I think they've just literally in the last month. Um, put it on Amazon so okay. you can get it mail order on Amazon um, so but it's, we'll, it's we'll great we'll put a hyperlink to that in the uh, on the podcast page on deliciousmagazine.co.uk oh, awesome. oh I would really love, love that so that's the, you're chopping those lovely herbs up and releasing that amazing yeah you can stuff. smell them right? I think that's really the big thing with food it's yeah. got to be evocative and you've got to be able to smell it and you, it's very very simple actually you know oh, you I bought a little bag it. and I thought oh my god he's forgotten the food <laughs> <laughs> but it's all here it is all here and I think that's the key thing it is just it's simple Simple food, cooked deliciously. Um, I think there was a quote actually I heard Richard Corrigan say years ago. And he said, the older I get, the simpler I want my food and the more complex I want my wine. And I thought, do you know what? You're spot on. You're spot on. And I, I, like, I love... 
uh, fine dining and I love amazing restaurants and eating food from chefs that are way above my, my level of expertise. But the true satisfaction that I find, the, the real the nurturing essence of food for me is when you sit down and you have something that's just, it's plain and it's simple and it's got some, and I don't mean that it's not got any dressing or seasoning yeah. or anything, but, you know, a beautiful piece of fish, mm. really great quality ingredients. Mm. I don't really want to muck about with it. I, a little bit of me always dies when I see a fish cake because I think, oh, there was a lovely fish once and now it's all mixed up and churned and it's and you've got a bit of the flavour of it, but it's, it's disappeared. It's camouflaged. And so... And of course, this is perfect for picnics. I mean, I'm just thinking of the summer ahead and the fire section of your book is all about outside cooking. Although yes. you do say that you cook all year round outside. Oh, we're Greek. It's in our blood. The amount of times I've turned up at home, my dad's going to kill me saying this. I've turned up at home. It's in the depths of winter. It's freezing. It's cold. It's raining. We're running into the into the front door. And all you can see is a, is a guy in the back with a pair of shorts on, a big umbrella and smoke plumes pouring out of it i think perhaps has got the barbecue on i know he's having a barbecue and it's, it's peeing with rain um but no it's it's not a i think this is the thing i think in england actually we're one of the few countries where we still view barbecues as a as an event where for a lot of car i mean i lived in the states for uh, about four or five years and and they're quite similar to a lot of the Mediterranean in that respect, where the barbecue is just another cooking utensil. Yeah, well, it's because they came from the Mediterranean. I mean, the the, the, the Aussies are supposed to have the the um, last say in barbecuing, but it was actually the Greeks who came who brought it to Melbourne with them, and then on to uh, Sydney. You, look, you're never going you're never going to get an argument from me when you say something <laughs> derived from the Greeks. I mean, my daughter was talking about a school project yesterday, and she mentioned about the telephone, and I went, my ears pricked up, went, oh. You know where the word telephone comes from? And my wife, who's a scouser by background, her eyes just roll. And she's like, oh, my, here we go again. Here we go again. He's turned into the old bloke of my big fat Greek wedding. And I, and I hate myself for it, Jenny, because I know I'm, I'm doing that. But, Life yeah. started with the Greeks. It's Life true. With the it's Greeks. true. There we go. Beginning Patriotic. Oh, gosh, the Italians will have on. God, <laughs> so you're, now, you're just um, using the back of your knife and a bit of salt to really crush that garlic. Yeah. And in the, with the herbs. Yes. So the, the salt acts as an abrasion, uh, for anyone that doesn't know. So this, it's not really a seasoning at this point. It's just to give an abrasion to help you crush that garlic. And we're not using a lot. We're using, I mean, for the, the listeners, you've got a, a coffee mug of herbs. Yeah. Um, we've had a splash of olive oil, so I'd say a few glugs. You know, yeah. if you want to be prescribed, probably three or four tablespoons, mm-hmm. and just half a clove of garlic, just to give it um, a bit of flavour. And, and when it, this is going to act as the stuffing between a sort of a sea bass sandwich, if you like, mm-hmm. when you stuff these. So the garlic isn't really going to cook; it's just going to warm through. So you don't want it too overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to add a touch more salt to that. A little bit of you've got your pink Himalayan salt there. I've got pink Himalayan salt. Is it's that so for any other reason that it's just trendy? No, I got it cheap to be honest. So <laughs> I thought I'd better use it. I'm thrifty like that, Jenny. <laughs> uh, and I'll give a little tiny squeeze of lemon, and and that's that's. I mean, it couldn't be simpler. Yeah, couldn't be simpler. And that really is less than a quarter of a lemon, isn't it? You're oh yeah, it's just it a squeeze, there, just to give a tiny bit of lips. acidity to it. Yeah. And it's very dry as well. Like this isn't a salsa or, or anything like that, or a salsa verde or anything. It's it's quite a dry. It's almost like a gremolata type consistency with just a little bit of olive oil to to hold it together. So you're just washing through the the vine leaves now, just running the tap through them. Yeah. So um, so with the vine leaves, so you can buy these now at most supermarkets, and they normally they come in brine, um, which you know is just a preservative. So you want to give them a really good rinse to rinse off that sort of saltiness, that brine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you can get them pretty much everywhere. So we're just giving them a nice little rinse, clean them off a bit, shake them off, get rid of some of the excess water. Uh, and then we're going to make a vine leaf sheet, if you like. So... This, this presumably is the kind of stuff that you you learnt from your yaya and your bapu, your grandparents. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think a Bapu's lot... Bapu's cook in Greece. Uh, no, they're always on the... Bar. It's so it's so stereotypical, I'm embarrassed about it, Julie, <laughs> because it's the, you know, the Greek guys like, around the barbecue, cooking meat, and then the women are actually doing all the hard work... So you get, so if you have this barbecue and there'll be a pile of gorgeous souvla or some meats or some fish that have been barbecued and the man stands proud. He's done this, he's created this. What you don't realise is 90% of that meal, these beautiful vegetables and salads and legumes and all the pulses have been the mums and the yayas making it. And, and they, the, the, the dads steal the glory all the time. So the answer to your question is do bapus cook? They, they would say yes and I would say fractionally. Um, but yeah, this is... I mean, it's what I think is really cool about this recipe is, one, it's really simple. Mm. Um, it's not done just for the sake of it. Well, the vine leaves will give texture to the dish. So when they're cooked, they're going to go quite crispy. The, the, the fish flesh will remain moist, so you're going to get a bit of texture. And also what they'll do is they'll help um, protect that flesh. So the fish will almost steam inside of it. So you'll get this really beautiful, succulent, freshly cooked um, sea bass and this crispy exterior of the vine leaf and it just works and it's like I think most um, most dishes they they just stem from what was in the garden you know and it's this idea I think it's, it's really interesting even like, if your garden in North London probably doesn't have it even if you're the garden in North but my uncle who lives down Uncle Mike hello Mike uh, he's, he's in North London and they've got they've got fig trees in the garden they've got vine leaves and it grows now they've like they've, it grows I mean we've got we've got a, a little grape thing at home and it, it grows and we get vine leaves off of it yeah. um, so I did ask if you if you're Yaya and, and Bapu yes. made this is, I mean is this a, a grandmother's recipe no, do you know what? I, I, the truth be told, I'd say not, probably not actually. This is more um, a recipe just inspired by what's lying around in a Greek garden, okay. you know. And you're living on the ocean. Uh, you've got the fish, the tra- you know, the fishing trade for Greece and Cyprus is is paramount, and it's been around for a thousand years for them. Um, and so this is this is really just paying paying homage to that really yeah that you talk about making elegant village food that's your thing isn't it yeah. it's taking the really simple stuff but making re- really pretty beautiful food yeah um have you had to do anything to the original classical yeah, recipe think, to I, do that yeah i think you do you, you tweak it a bit because a, a lot of these recipes i mean a prime example i was chatting to my uh, auntie in uh, in margate and i said she made this beautiful octopus dish and i said that was amazing went, how did you make it and she told me she said then i put it in the oven and it cooks i said well how long did you put it in the oven for and she went well i put it in the oven and then i go to church and when i come back it's ready i went well how long did you go to church for and she was like i don't know and i went oh my god how do you know and, and it's like most cultures have this background of it, it, you know, it's just how we do it. Like, when do you know it's cooked? Oh, you know it's cooked when it's cooked. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. Because um, actually they don't do a huge variety of different stuff. I mean, we cook so many different types of dishes and yeah. probably master very few of them. But you're talking about the kind of dishes that somebody would, your, you know, your aunt would have made most Sundays. It's this concept, actually, of eating like a villager, which I've started to get into more and more. Because when I was researching um, for, for my book, Orexy, I was chatting to my mum. So she came over to the UK when she was 11 and she lived in a, a tiny little village in Cyprus. And I was sort of, sort of, what was life like? And 
the the picture that that she paints with her words were one of where they're living in this house and at the bottom of the house they've got a little garden where they've got different crops and they keep a, a very minimal amount of livestock some rabbits some chickens um, and they live off that and this this sort of concept of eating like a villager uh, the irony is we fast forward a couple of generations 50 years and now we're all banging on about well we you know it's provenance and it's organic and it's this and it's that and it's like but that's what eating like a villager was 50 years ago right, they had the answers yeah and it wasn't born out of anything other than than sheer necessity yeah it's it frugal living and of course the mediterranean diet is as old as the hills and is still the healthiest diet in yeah. the world according to you know scientists have proven that now largely because and they didn't change it largely because why would you well, this is it. It's all about really great produce. And so there's no processed food. So you're eating the... It's like the Greek salad for me is the epitome of this. There's nothing to... I mean, it's a cucumber. It's a tomato. It's a few <laughs> olives, a bit of feta, but... But it's good tomatoes. But it's good really good cucumbers. tomatoes. It's really good cucumbers. You know, they're gnarly. They're bent. They're all... They're what they should be. And so you eat that Greek salad and you're blown away by it. And then when you try to recreate it at home, you know, if the, if the tomatoes are a bit, bit naff... Well, you've lost the essence. You've lost the soul of the dish, you know. Um, so it's a difficult thing to pull off. So you you've placed one sea bass fillet on top of the other with the sandwich filling of this gorgeous um, uh, herb and olive oil mix with your lemon and garlic. Yep. And you you're now putting some of that lovely olive oil straight in the pan. Not very much of it. No. 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 Very light. And in fact, in in, in the book with this recipe, I do mention not even to do that. Just lightly rub some olive oil on your hands and put it over the vine leaves because you're putting it on fire yeah whereas you're doing it today in um in the pan um the vine leaves are now completely wrapping up the fish sandwich yes so these are these are acting as your sort of your protective case and they're going to go really lovely and crisp mm. in that pan and, and i mean you can see it it's not there's nothing fancy yeah. about this i mean we've just bunged of some fish in the middle of some vine leaves yeah. and wrapped them up really and of course this is what people do all over the world isn't it i mean i've yeah. eaten fish on banana leaves and you know, exactly. all sorts of And that's a really things. interesting thing is when you sort of get into it, you realise that actually most cooking techniques are replicated around the world and they've been born as totally distinct from each other. Like there was no one in Asia going, oh, I heard a Greek guy over there doing this with vine leaves <laughs> or vice versa. But it's, it's the point is it's, it works. The technique works and people use what they've got, um, they've got around them. So we've just thrown the, um, I'll say thrown, delicately put in the fish into the frying pan. We've done it seam side down, so that helps seal it to make it easier to turn. Um, and look, there's not much to do now. We leave that for about five minutes, and then we're going to turn it over and cook it for another five minutes. We've got this on a high heat. Uh, once it's sort of got up to temperature a bit, we'll turn it down. But it, that's the point of the vine leaves, is they're going to char, they're going to blacken. We're going to lose some in the process. Um, but they protect that fish, and so they're, they're, and you want these charred you know they've been in brine they're going to be a bit chewy so you want to really sort of cook those really well and, and crisp them up a bit so while that cooks then you're going to do the greek salad well we're going to do a greek so we're going to do a sort of a rainbow uh salad. i mean really it's, it's some heirloom tomatoes um they're gorgeous colors they're really ripe really fragrant and we're just going to cut these really plainly tiny few slivers of some red onion big hit of coarse ground black pepper on there and I've made this lovely salad dressing with white balsamic vinegar and pomegranate molasses. And it's about three quarters vinegar, a quarter balsamic, um, a quarter molasses, 
and it just lifts it and gives it a little bit of tartness, but as a bit of sweetness as well with the balsamic. And, it, and it's as simple as that. And for me, this is a real wonderful dish to do on the weekends. Uh, you know, fabulous. <laughs> so bits of uh, t- red onion. Yeah, this is the one thing I will take out of a Greek salad. I don't like raw onion. It, do you know, it's so funny. I was chatting to someone recently about this and they said, oh yeah, if I make my Greek salad, I always... I always blanch my red onions to get rid of it. And I thought, oh, it's funny. I've never heard that before. I've never never done that. Um, look, I think the, the, the key thing is with the onions is cut them really, really thin. But treat the onion like a condiment, not an ingredient. Yeah. And actually, you're probably okay. Yeah. So what's this then? You've brought in a little jar of your own. I have. I brought a little jar. I'm a man that carries jars. Um, so this is... This is the pomegranate. This is the pomegranate. So it's it's so simple. It's white balsamic vinegar. So it's not quite as malty as the as the dark one or caramelised. It's it's quite sweet and sharp. Uh, three quarters is that, and it's just a quarter of really good quality pomegranate molasses, a bit of oregano, Greek obviously, which is the best, and then uh, a bit of salt and pepper, and just a good shake. And we're just going to spoon this over our tomato salad, and that's, that's it. A beautiful salad. You don't want more than that, do you? You really don't. So you've taken the sea bass off off the heat. Sea bass is off the heat. Salad is done. All we're going to do now is, is cut that sea bass into three or four bits. And then let's sit down and eat, Julie. Let's enjoy it. Sit down and eat. Thanks for listening to The Delicious Podcast. I'll be back next week with the July episode featuring the Manchester International Festival, the professional rugby players turned brewers and the New Zealander who pioneered biodynamic wines 35 years ago. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.